Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to Wetco. I'm James Atkinson, senior brand manager at DKI Witness, and I'm Lucy Richards, senior editor at DKI Witness. And welcome to Where to Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And today we are doing our first, no, not first, second African episode. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. Sorry, sorry, Chabu in <laughs> South Africa. I momentarily forgot about you there. Um, do listen back to that. That's a great episode. Uh, but um, we are going to Marrakesh. Yes. Have you been, James, to Marrakesh? I've never been. I've always been quite fascinated by it. Yeah. It's like a kind of like ancient city, but but very, very modern, mass, massive metropolis. And I think kind of a little bit, um, I don't know, lots of people go to Morocco for the beaches or to Casablanca or Fez, etc. Whereas yeah. Morocco itself is quite a metropolis and, and really fascinating in and of itself. But I've heard you've been, right? I have been. I went 10 years ago and I think this was like in my early 20s. The other thing about it is the fact that it's we're so lucky in Europe that it's just so easy to get to for us. Mm. Um, so it was amazing in my early 20s to feel like there was this window to a completely sort of new and exciting culture. Um, yeah. So I went with a girlfriend and we didn't stay in the Medina. We stayed in a hotel. So I didn't get that Riyadh experience that a lot of travellers love. But I loved Marrakesh. I really, really did. It was like nowhere else I'd been or and actually nowhere that I've been since. I just, I'll tell you what it was. I think it was the people. I found the people so welcoming. And I think sometimes like Marrakesh gets a bit of a bad reputation, but we only had really positive experiences. And most, particularly in the souks, the souks mm. were so much fun. It's so like, you know, young girls in our early 20s, we were just having a wicked time, loads of banter with the storeholders, drinking mint tea with them, buying lots of beautiful things to take home. It was so awesome. And um, I know uh, we've worked with Amanda, who's our guest. Oops, spoiler, sorry. Yeah, I've yeah. dropped her name in. But, uh, <laughs> was a bit terrible, wasn't You've ruined it now. That's uh... <laughs> Um, but um, she's worked with us and um, I know she has a wonderful way with words. So I think she'll give a really um, wonderful insight into the city. Absolutely. Well, I'm really, really excited. So, yeah, let us introduce you to Amanda. So Amanda Ponziu Mutaki is the owner of Morocco Mama, an online travel guide to Morocco and beyond, and also Morocco trip planning. And on top of that, she's CEO of Mar Marrakesh Food Tours, which provide travellers with a taste of the Red City's incredible flavours. 
So welcome, Amanda. Welcome. Hello. Well, thank you for having me. Hello. Really brilliant for you to join us. Welcome, welcome. Yes, it's going to be. I'm really looking forward to this episode, Amanda. Yes, so thank yes. you for joining us. So in our usual fashion, we'll start off by hearing more about Amanda before we get under the skin of Marrakesh. And then we'll finish up by hearing about the present day in the city. So Amanda, how did you end up living in Marrakesh? Uh, so it's a long story. Uh, I'm going to try to condense it as briefly as okay. possible. Uh, the f- so the first time I came to Marrakesh was more than 20 years ago. And I was really young and I went on a family vacation, actually, which is a bit maybe from Europe is not such a strange thing. But from the U.S., it's a bit of a I, so I'm American. Mm. It's, a, it's a bit odd mm. to go to Morocco on vacation, especially it was uh, 2003. Um But we went on a a family vacation and I happened to meet the person that would become my husband on this trip. Um, Ah. Walking down the street very randomly, he was walking next to me and I looked at him. And the first thing I thought was, you're going to marry this guy. And (laughs) it's crazy. I mean, there's a little more back back story there, but uh, that's basically what happened. Um, We did manage to spend a... mm, day and a half together, I guess, after that with my dad and my sister, which is a little awkward for getting to know someone. Um, but That's quite an intense way to get to know the family for sure. Right, totally, so. totally. Um, but then we left and I was like, yeah, whatever. Like it was a great holiday, you know, how holiday things go. Um, but we, we stayed in touch and I ended up coming, going back to Morocco uh, a couple months later on my spring break from school and we got engaged uh and (laughs) yeah and i mean the rest is history we have we have three kids and we've been together we've been married uh a little over i think 17 years we've been married and together for almost 20 um and and so have you lived in marrakesh that no so we actually so we lived in the u.s so he came to the u.s i was finishing university um my husband came to the u.s and um but we always knew like we didn't want to live in the US. Like we always wanted, we were always like, eh, we're going to go back someday. But it was like, well, we're finishing school. We're just starting our lives. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? We had little kids. Um, and then finally, I was like, you know, our, our boys were five and seven. Our older kids were five and seven at the time. And I said, if we don't do this soon, we're not going to do this. Like they're getting they're getting to the point where it's going to be really difficult to um, to mm. make this move. So I said I was working online at the time. Um, we both were. And I said, let's just do it for a year. Like, let's go for a year and we'll have the experience. And in our naivety, we're like the kids will learn Arabic and French in a year. um (laughs) spoiler um and we'll just you know it's now or never like if we don't do it now we're not going so we put we put everything in storage and we moved to marrakesh um and this is where my husband grew up and we so on but language was the big reason why like we really wanted our kids Mm. to speak arabic it was really important to us and it wasn't going to happen in the u.s um and then we realized about you know six months into the adventure like they're not going to be fluent in Arabic in a year like in no in no way is this going to be a reality so we said okay let's stay another year um and then we had started our tour business so we started ahead started our food tour business and then two years turned into three years turned into four turned into we just finished this will be our 10th year so um wow oh wow yeah and are they are they doing <laughs> right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're 
and I'm guessing French as well. So that's, yeah, amazing, <laughs> amazing. To, to be trilingual. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, have you lived in Marrakesh? Did you let then live in Marrakesh that whole time, yeah. or did you sort of move elsewhere in Morocco specifically? No, Marrakesh? we stayed in Marrakesh. My husband's family is there. He grew up there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, he he really he's like, if we're going to be here. I want to be. I want to be by my family. So, yeah. And whereabouts then in Marrakesh do you live, Amanda? So we don't live in the Medina, which most people assume we live in the the older part. Um, I think it would be very difficult mm. to live there. Um, we we live outside, sort of near where the airport is, in a, in a very Moroccan neighborhood, very res- residential Moroccan um, area of the city. Um, so all of the, the hubbub and... Um, the tourist things like it's the best of both worlds like I get it I get to have it but then I also can like <laughs> go home yeah <laughs> you yeah. get you get a taste of it and then you've got your quiet afterwards exactly. as well and your family life exactly. etc that's really cool um and what do you kind of love most about Marrakesh what was the reason for like I mean it's not just language is it mm. there was definitely more of a reason for going back as well yeah right? I mean I really so this is this is a bit personal but it's fine um I, as an American, have always felt like a disconnect from what culture I am or I have. Like, I don't know, when you're an American, people tell you all the time, you don't don't have a culture. Like, you're American. There's no culture Mm. that that you have. Um, And so I think I really struggled with that to be like, oh, I don't. I would love to be somewhere where there is this, like, strong sense of culture and identity and um, mm. all those things. And through that, like through the process of moving and living in, in Marrakesh, I think I did discover like, no, actually I do have a culture and I have become like much more clear on what my identity is. Um, so that was kind of a personal walk through it, but you know, there is that sense of, of in Morocco, in Marrakesh, people know who they are, right? Like they're very clear. And I appreciate that sense of culture as well as like a very close connection between the past and the present. Like Mm. you could be driving down the street in a Lamborghini, not that I have a Lamborghini, but like driving down the street (laughs) in a Lamborghini (laughs) and there is a person. It's a podcast. You can say anything. (laughs) 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 And there's a guy with a donkey cart and it's so normal. Mm. Like it's so normal. When my family has come to visit, they like the first time my mom came to visit, for example, she'd never gone outside of the U.S. And she was like, what is going on here? Like, what is this? Like, it's it was so like <laughs> baffling to her that you have, hey, here's this building that was built in the 12th century. And here is this like avant-garde restaurant serving like haute yeah. cuisine with, you know, fancy cars out front. You know, it's just a very yeah. strange yeah. dichotomy that exists. And it's weird, but at the same time, I love it. Um, mm. It's also like a, you know, very international city. And I, and I like that because I grew up in a very, mm. very small place that I couldn't wait to run away from. Um, and it's a very, it's a big city. There's over a million people that live in Marrakesh, but uh, mm. it's still got a small feel to it right like mm. it is a very big city but i you know most days i go out when i go out like i see people i know even though it's a giant yeah. city right um so that's yeah i i don't know i appreciate all of those things no I, I think what you say is like it's quite important to a lot of people to kind of almost have a city that you can kind of traverse quite easily right. but it's got enough in it to keep it still interested right. interesting and exciting yeah. um mm. 
And so let's find out a little bit about things you love to do the most and what keeps it interesting and exciting. So, Amanda, we're going to start this section off with a quick fire tour of the city. So we're going to name a few categories. James and I will take it in turns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have to suggest one thing to do. So if your favourite thing to do for those okay. categories. Mm. So here we go. The first thing is your favourite thing to see in Marrakesh. My favourite thing to see is something that's brand new. Well, it's very old, mm. but it's very oh. new. Um so okay. there okay. is Intriguing. near the famous Ben Yusuf Madrasa, which just reopened, and that's not my thing. Um, there <laughs> is a building, a small building called the Kuba Al Moravid. And this was a it's a it's the one of the oldest buildings in Marrakesh. It's from like 1125 or something like that. It was built. Um, and it was discovered, it was only rediscovered um in the early 20th century but it has gone undergone like a lot of restorations and it was never open to the public until after COVID. So it just recently mm. reopened to the public. Um, so it's a, like just really cool that it's a very, very old thing. Like a thousand old building. Yeah. Um, and it's actually where uh, there's a mosque across, um, across the alley, the, across the way of the street. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it was the place where you would wash. So where they would wash to do the okay. prayers. Um, so, but you could see like all this like thousand year old piping. And the other thing I really appreciate about this place is that they have, it's small and then um, they have like a little kind of like museum-y area, but everything is in English mm. also, which is a little bit difficult mm. to find at historical sites um, in Morocco. Mm. So you can yeah. go by yourself. You can go with a guide, obviously that would make it more interesting, but that is something that is really cool and most people don't know about. I'm quite quite interested as to how it's been rediscovered. Uh, sorry, I know this is a quick fire round. Whoops. Um, but, but, <laughs> but just uh, was it was it just sort of hiding in plain sight for hundreds of years or? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just like buried. So like it sits a lot lower than where the city is and, and what you'll see like a lot of times in um, in Morocco is you might see doors that look like they're half like half buried, right? Like you have to mm. step down into these doors. And it's just because in time, which I think in London is the same, like the streets have just gotten like built up yeah. on top of each other, but the buildings haven't mm. always like gone up with them. Um, so it was really just kind of like buried and um, filled in. And I mean, there was a lot of garbage and it, I mean, it just kind of got like it bulldozed over time. Yeah. And then some, a, a, you know, person was like, well, let's start digging a hole here. And Ta-da. That's, that's really cool. cool. I love the kind of like old and new aspect of that too. That's that's awesome. Uh, so moving on to the next bit of the quick fire round. Uh, so our next thing is your favorite thing to drink. And this could be your favorite thing to drink, your favorite place to drink. Okay. It doesn't have to be alcoholic. No, I was going to say that this is hard for me because I don't drink. So I don't necessarily yes, have. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I thought non-alcoholic things very much encouraged as yeah. well. Uh, no, it's yeah. it's all good. So for this one, I would say that what you should do if you're going the non-alcoholic route is you will find little patisseries all over, um, all over Morocco, but especially mm. in Marrakesh. And they look a little bit unassuming. And, you know, you might see like there's like plastic chairs out front. Um, you might peek around the corner and there's like a little display cases with cookies. A lot of these places serve fresh juices. Um, and how you'll know this is there'll be like a wall that has, um, you know, whatever fruit is in season, um, whatever yeah. they have. So cool. my thing that you should try, my favorite is orange and strawberry juice. But if that's not in season, 
what you can have is avocado milk with dates and almonds. Um, And it's a little weird at first because coming from North America, I associate avocados with guacamole. (laughs) So it's like, like, "Mm, this is not, but it's sweet, right? Like, so (laughs) it's a little hard to get past, but um, it's a really popular, very, very popular drink um, for Moroccans to have. Um, And I would say, give that a shot. It sounds it's, like a millennial's dream, right, right. isn't it? A millennial's dream. I know drink. that sounds like straight out of like East London <laughs> or something. I think they're marketing it that way. I'm going to start talking about it that way. <laughs> um, I'm glad you mentioned oranges, though, Amanda, because I did have the most delicious orange juice ever in Marrakesh. It was it will stay with me forever. It was just we have very good, like no other orange juice I've ever had. Yeah, very, very good. And I would say if you want, if you're an orange juice lover, you have to come in the winter time because the Mm. like from November to like February, that's the best time for oranges. Perfect. Good insider tip, listeners. So the next thing then, Amanda, is your favorite thing to eat. So again, as James said, it can be dish and (laughs) restaurant if you prefer, however you want to play it. And you run run culinary tours, right? So this this must be pretty pretty tricky. (laughs) Sorry, it's Uh, (laughs) a difficult question. (laughs) Okay. Pick one. So I have so many favorite restaurants, so I'm not even going to run down that path. But my favorite thing to eat is it's called Rafisa and it is a how to describe it it is a type of shredded bread so Moroccan they make Moroccans make this bread this laminated bread in the mornings but it's very flat so it's this type of bread that's shredded and then on top of it is uh, lentils that are cooked in onions with some spices and fenugreek and things like cumin of course because it's Moroccan food um uh, so it's slow cooked, really soft with chicken. Um, and it's got like a sauce like with it. And you put all of it on top of the freshly warm, buttery, steamed, shredded bread. Um, and it's like carb heaven, obviously, but also yeah. just like delicious. Like it's just like it tastes so good. It's like a hug. Mm. It's just like mm. a bready food carb hug. And uh, it's like yeah. a bready chickeny stew-ish, but yeah, oof. yeah, it's wow. really good. It's it's my favorite favorite thing to eat. It's it is a very little difficult to find um, on menus mm-hmm. because usually you have it at home. So if you can't find it, the next best thing are grilled uh, beef skewers, kefta, like ground beef skewers with mm-hmm. uh, smen. It's called smen is a fermented Moroccan butter so it gets melty and the the sausages are cooked on charcoal and then in this with hot sauce or tomato sauce and it's like oh it's super it's a cheap delicious thing that you're like this has a million calories and I do not care because it is so good (laughs) (laughs) did did you have either of these things in Morocco uh in Marrakesh when you went Lucy no I don't think I did I, I that no I can't remember these dishes, I remember, I remember having a lot of tagines, um, but these dishes I missed out on. So I'll have to go back and, and sample them for sure. And book onto one of your tours, Amanda, obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Next up, your favourite day activity. My favourite day activity is to go to the Mela area of Marrakesh. The Mela is the old um, Jewish quarter and to go to the spice shops. So this is where the a lot of the spices are kind of wholesale out. It's where kind of like the heart of it is. And I love 
just poking around, but I also love food. So it makes sense. Um, and then my second favorite thing is a motorcycle sidecar tour. So we have some friends that do, um, sidecar tours and it's called insiders Marrakesh and they have world war two era sidecars and you go all over Marrakesh. They have different routes, whatever. Um, (laughs) but it's just like a super fun way to see the city and obviously have a really like who wouldn't want to be in a sidecar going well, exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say I've never heard of anything like that so great I'll book that in as well that's yes. a that's locked in you were definitely going back Lucy aren't you? That's a... yeah. um, and then Amanda your final um, question in our not so quick fire round is the um, we try your fa- yeah we try your favourite museum or gallery oh okay favourite museum is the Daryl Basha Museum um, and it also has a really kind of Instagram famous coffee shop in it now, but that's not why it's my favorite. It is good. But that's not why it's my favorite. Um, it's a, it's not an old palace. So it, and it's not even really a palace because it wasn't owned by the Royal family in the beginning, but it's from the, it, so it's like, imagine Morocco meets art deco or art nouveau, mm. like Moroccan. Like, it's just this very mm. unique, uh, combination of styles um and i just think it's really cool and if you want to go and take some fun cool pictures and not have seven thousand million people in your pictures it's probably good it's probably a good bet awesome cool so thanks for that you've passed the quickfire round well done with flying (laughs) colors we're flying colors yeah (laughs) i think we were the only ones who held you up so that's uh, (laughs) um but that's uh, that all sounds brilliant and i think it's already convinced Lucy to come back i'm very very tempted to go as well uh so like kind of outside of your quickfire recommendations just kind of opening it up to anything what are the absolute must-dos for anyone kind of coming to marrakesh so this is going to be maybe controversial, but I think one of the things that you must do is to do nothing. Like one of the things that I find that people do when they come to Marrakesh is they're like, I got to see all the things. Uh, And Marrakesh is kind of a place where it is about being as much as it is doing. So whether that's like just sitting on a rooftop and having a drink or going and having a pool day or, um, you know, enjoying a long meal. Um, when I bring groups, mm. one of the hardest things that I have is people wanting to overschedule themselves and nothing yes. runs on a, a, like a Western notion of time. Like, so if, like, if you want to do things at like three o'clock, five o'clock, seven o'clock, you're going to be sorely mm. disappointed because it's not <laughs> going to happen that way. Um, so what I just tell people is like, just slow down, just like enjoy your time, take a two hour lunch, have a three hour dinner, go and lay by the pool, sit in a cafe and like, just watch things happen because you just miss so much of the experience. Mm. If you do like, you know, imagine it's it, the sun is setting, you're on a rooftop, you've got a cold drink in your hand, like the call to prayer starts, you can hear it like reverberating around all of the all of the city that you can see out in front of you. Um, I don't know, that just hits different than running from museum to museum, I, I think. Yeah, having yeah. your little tick list, like kind of like making sure you check everything off, but taking your time instead. I think that like a lot of cities would benefit from people actually kind of, you know, Doing taking that. the time to actually enjoy themselves and not just kind of rushing around. Yeah. And you are right. When you mentioned the call to prayer, aside from the orange juice, that is my most 
striking memory is exactly that. I was having lunch with a friend on a rooftop restaurant and I remember the call to prayer and it's exactly as you said, sort of it reverberated around the city and it was incredible and it was just so like visceral and Mm. genuinely that's the experience that stayed with me the most from my trip to Marrakesh. It was just um, wonderful. It was uh, like nothing else. So you're right, I think that sort of slower travel is totally worth it because we know we we probably won't remember all those busy schedules like well then I went and did this and I did that it's those experiences that are like no sort of museum trip that you've you know booked in you've got your ticket booked for I I think you're onto something definitely yeah I I just yeah that's my it's my own from just seeing how people experience things and then you know talking to them after of them being like oh well I didn't have that great of an experience I'm like oh well what did you do and then they're like they have like a you know, a receipt, long list. And I'm like, okay, well done. Oh, we missed out on this or we were late for this or we didn't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you overran here, etc. Like, yeah, it's a way of like guaranteeing you just having the best time. And, you know, lots of cities I'm sure with Marrakesh, it's about like kind of taking in a bit of that culture and taking the time to do it as exactly. well. Mm. And I think also a lot of people end up with sensory overload in Marrakesh. Like there's a lot mm. going on yeah. at all times. Yeah. Um, and so just, you know, having that knowing that and relaxing and going into that with that um I don't know less expectation maybe and more just wanting to be in the moment I think makes a really big difference so then how about any sort of best kept secrets anything that's sort of a little more under the radar that you're willing to let listeners (laughs) in on okay so here's my my uh do this not this type of thing uh, okay, okay. So everybody goes to the Majorel Garden because it's the Majorel Garden yes, and it's yes. the Majorel Garden. But outside of Marrakesh is a garden called the Anima Garden. And it is probably five, if not 10 times bigger than the Majorel Garden. And it is mm. owned by this somewhat eclectic uh, Austrian maybe Swiss, I think it's Swiss, um, artist, and it's a sculpture garden. So there's sculptures in it, like these crazy sculptures, but also like all kinds of local flora and fauna. So there's like loads of great picture opportunities, but also like you aren't going to be fighting with the crowds and they run a shuttle from the Medina to the garden and they have a cafe there. So you can kind of go and have a half day or you know, three, four hours. Um, and the shuttle is included with your ticket price. At least it was, don't quote me. I have to double check that, but, um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure it is. And it's quite inexpensive. Um, but it's just, it's really a lovely, lovely garden. And I would pick it any day. Not that there's anything wrong with Majorelle, but I would pick it any day over (laughs) Majorelle. But Majorelle is one of those things, I think in the last couple of years, it's become like really iconic and like kind of, uh, I, I imagine everyone just rushes towards it. So actually finding somewhere that's bigger and possibly not with as many crowds. Yeah. You know, that's what gardens are about, really, finding that peace and moment and stuff, yeah. right? Exactly. Cool. Exactly. So I think that's one. Um, the other tip I would give you is... I think you should do when you're in Marrakesh. Okay, if you're there for like one or two days, it might be a little bit harder. But almost anything that you see that you like, you can have custom made for you for like a fraction of what it costs. In I mean, not I'm not saying that it's cheap. I'm not going to say that things will be cheap. Like this is a misconception some people have about Marrakesh or about Morocco in general. 
but it will be much less expensive than it is in Europe or in the US, for example. So whether that's mm. a purse uh, or, you know, slippers or, um, you know, a basket that you want, you know, done a different way or in different colors to fit your house or, or something like that. Most everything can be custom done for you because there's just amazing artisans in Morocco that are willing to do that. How, how would you go around finding these kind of makers? Is there like good resources for it? Or is it just literally just walking down the streets? Yeah, and find- like literally just, just ask. ask. Like most all of them will do it. So it's just a process of, you know, finding them and asking. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and finally, is there anything, you know, if we've sort of talked about um, about leaving Mar- uh, Marrakesh a little bit, is there anything really interesting to do or that you must do in the kind of nearby or surrounding area if you want to kind of get out and explore a bit more in, Mar- in Morocco? Yeah, I think if you're going to go, go to the Atlas Mountains. It's really close. Mm. It's only, you know, 45 minutes. Within 45 minutes, you can be in the mountains from Marrakesh. Um, and I mean, obviously you can go much further and, and deeper up, but, um, just go, there's, you know, an easy trip is to go to the Eureka Valley. That's very popular. Um, there's, you know, little restaurants and hiking and, you know, you can just kind of be in that mountain environment. Um, Imlil is another area that's really popular, especially if you're into hiking. Um, it's kind of where all the hikes to, um, Mount Tubkal, which is the highest mountain in Morocco go. Um, and you know, it's just, again that slower pace of life if you want to be outside in nature um they're beautiful areas it's a beautiful drive just to see the contrast of morocco you know most people think morocco is the sahara desert they think of mount of the desert when they think mm-hmm. of morocco when in reality it's a uh, more mountainous than it is deserts <laughs> um yeah so i think it just gives a contrast and we have snow so if you come in the winter and yeah. you want to go skiing come hit up the ski hill cool cool i never thought of that that's a great tip cool okay well we're going to now move on to look at how marrakesh has kind of uh, been in recent times and some exciting things for the future as well backed by the purple peaks of the atlas mountains the pink ramparts mazy alleys and magnificent mosques of marrakesh hold a dramatic aura that have attracted visitors for centuries and you can make the most of your trip to this magical city with dki witness top 10 Planning is a breeze with our simple list of 10 covering the very best that Marrakesh has to offer and ensuring that you don't miss a thing. Best of all, the pocket-friendly format is light and easily portable, the perfect companion while out and about. So make sure you grab your copy of DKI Witness Top 10 Marrakesh, your tickets to the trip of a lifetime, available in all good bookshops now or via the link in our episode bio. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So Amanda, tell us how Marrakesh has changed in recent times. Yes. Yeah, so 
Morocco, Marrakesh in general, we um, we had a very, very strict lockdown through COVID. Um, mm. And that very deeply affected us because a lot of the Moroccan economy is based on tourism. Um, and we had closed borders, very closed borders um, for many year, um, years, <laughs> felt like years, um, months. <laughs> so that meant that things were very difficult for us. Um, and it's only mm. really been... Um, even, you know, we had a second lockdown that happened and only opened up in March of this past year. Mm. Um, so that was extremely devastating. Like, I I don't want to put it in any kind of happy way because it, it was, it really devastated the Moroccan economy. It devastated the artisans. It shut down a lot of businesses. A lot of things changed. Um, but a lot of things changed positively too. New businesses opened um, people tried different things. They went into different areas. Um, you know, simple things like online banking and using cards, like using credit cards or debit cards, which before COVID just, you couldn't like it was cash period. Mm. Now, um, you can use, you know, cards in, in many places, um, just great for people who are coming to visit because it means they don't have to figure out all of, you know, the things around money. So that's, that's the very positive change, I think. Um, I think you've also seen just a lot of people who are willing to take more risks um, with their businesses mm -hmm. and what they want to do. Um, but what's going on now, honestly, like the Marrakesh of today, it's hard. It's hard for me to remember what it was before. Like it hard, it's hard for me to remember okay, what okay. the before was just because it feels like so much time has passed and so much has happened, but it feels normal again, like it does mm. feel like things are mostly normal. And I say that with like crossing my fingers and my toes and holding my breath um, a little bit, but yes. uh, overall life is, is pretty, is pretty normal. Yeah. I think, if, well, yeah, touch wood. That's kind of what we've seen with a lot of guests on the podcast, but like it's, it, it's been a kind of life-changing kind of moment and especially for for you where you do work and you know you do tours you help you help people kind of see the best of the city and stuff like that and um yeah there must have been a while where you couldn't really do your job but I, I guess guest numbers must be picking up a little bit now yeah I mean we had basically two years there was basically two years where there was no tourism in Morocco um mm. uh, and now it is now it is picking up things are are, we are definitely seeing that. I think if you are somebody who is interested in coming to Morocco and you're looking at doing this, um, don't wait till the last minute. I would say, especially I, this is one change that a lot of us in tourism are seeing is that people are waiting until, Hey, I'm coming next week. Oh, yeah. okay. Like, like right. <laughs> it's a little too short notice. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and there's less, you know, there's less availability. Like I said, things aren't, everything isn't open as it was and businesses aren't operating on the same schedules that they were. Um, so mm. just give yourself a little bit of lead time, um, a little bit of understanding that, you know, we're, that things are still like re retooling and, and trying to, you know, get started and, and revamped again. Um, a bit of patience because uh, people are, you know, they're doing the best that they can, but when you haven't been doing it for two years, it takes a little while to, um, to, to get back. Um, and I think don't expect, don't expect to get a bargain necessarily. Uh, you know, we're seeing mm. the issues with inflation in Morocco too. Um, so if you're thinking, oh, you've been closed for two years and now we, um, now we're going to come. So we should be able to get a deal because you haven't had business for two years. This is, you know, pro is just generally not the yeah. case. <laughs>
I think that's tourism across the board. Yeah. There's lots of companies who've you know been out of yeah. pocket. Lots of people who've been out of pocket too. And yeah, it's a I don't know. It's travel is a privilege. Sure. Really. <laughs> Huge privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so you know, kind of thinking about kind of coming back and obviously getting like getting your plans in and actually mm-hmm. like kind of making sure you do it in advance. What's the best time to visit? Because I, uh, we were talking just before the podcast now and you were saying about it being for, so, was it 54 degrees 50 I don't know where I got 54 from just <laughs> adding an like extra three degrees it's completely <laughs> unnecessary <laughs> um, but yeah uh, so I imagine now is quite a hot time but what when's when's your favorite time to kind of visit the city when's yeah best? like you said I don't recommend people come in summer like I, I know for some people it's the only time they can come with their vacation so if you can only come in the summer stick to the coast and know that it's going to be very busy because most Moroccans are also going there and Moroccans um, from Europe come back in the summer too so that's a very mm. busy time So I would look in November and March. Those are two of my favorite times to come because they're kind of the shoulder season, though Mm. it feels like a subjective term a little bit these days. Um, Mm. But they're really nice weather wise. Um, It's still you're still going to have warm, you know, in March, you might not be jumping in the swimming pool, but maybe you will. Uh, Maybe you'll brave it. Um, (laughs) But the weather in the sun is lovely. Uh, October is super, super, super high season which most people don't realize, but October is one of the busiest months of the year in Morocco. Um, Also early December is a good time if you're willing to potentially have a bit of rain. The first two weeks in December are very quiet. So you can usually Mm -hmm. get good deals and um, you know, you're 50, 50 on how the weather's going to be, but if you're willing to take the risk, (laughs) there might be a reward. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good gambling. And then how about any um, events, Amanda? Is there anything going on in Marrakesh, any festivals or um, national events? I feel like there's always stuff happening. There are always things happening. Um, But again, since COVID, uh, a lot of things got canceled. Maybe they're coming back. Maybe they're not. The things that do that are coming back or are new also seem to have like a very short lead time. Like it's like, oh, we're going to have a festival in six weeks. Ah, okay. Um, (laughs) So I would say there are loads of things that happen. Lots of festivals, whatever you're interested in, there probably is something related to that somehow, whether it's a festival, a retreat or some sort of like something. Um, so if you do a little bit of digging, like I, I hate to, I can't really recommend anyone specifically that I know of again, just because they're just like, feel like they're pop. It's like that whack-a-mole game. Like they're just popping up all over. The <laughs> um, but there probably is a festival for whatever you're interested in. Uh, so in a little bit of digging, they're usually pretty, pretty well put out online. So um, a little digging, you'll probably find something that fits your interests. Cool. Lovely. Excellent. Well, that kind of brings us, to the end of our brief Marrakesh adventure uh, with you, Amanda. Uh, but hopefully not the end, as we said. I think we're, you've sold me and Lucy, Lucy, I'm going again, at least. I think it was the food bit that really did it. Um, yes. Uh, and I must try that avocado date almond. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. So when you come back, if you come on our food tours, that is on our tour. So I I'll highly I'll recommend that. that is an, a little plug of activity to come on our food tour and I'll feed you well, I promise. <laughs> 
yes absolutely that's a, that's a good good exchange there um, but yeah thank you so much for joining us Amanda and just giving us that kind of insight into Marrakesh it's a fascinating city and so mm-hmm. kind of different wonderful um, I, I just love I love some of your quick fire answers like completely yes. different to anything we've ever heard on the pod before oh. and um, yeah if that's a kind of advert for Marrakesh then yeah listener get, get on it and mm-hmm. investigate the food tours yeah. too Thank you so much. Well, I'm happy to hear that. And, you know, I I fell in love with Morocco and my whole goal is I just hope that more people can um, see, mm. see it for, for what it is and not necessarily what the stereotype of it is. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. And uh, yeah, we've really, really loved having you on the pod. Thank you, thank you Amanda. Well, thank you. So a huge thank you to Amanda. It was a whistle-stop visit to Marrakesh, but um, I loved it. James, great loved episode. It. Yes, yeah, great episode. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I'm honestly thinking about like a kind of trip now. Um, uh, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm back travelling again, Lucy, and it's, uh, oh, it's <laughs> it great. feels really, really great. And so, yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, would love to see you over there at some point, Amanda. It's um, And yeah, I'm just sold on the food tour, really. Totally, yeah, we need, to, we need to do that. So if you want to um, mm. hear more about Amanda, what she's up to, all the food tours, you can visit moroccmama.com or you can find Amanda on Instagram at moroccmama. I will certainly be doing that. And for our next episode... It's one of those ones we're still planning. We don't know. We don't, we don't know where we're going. <laughs> uh, but it will be somewhere really, really interesting. I've heard a rumour of some very exciting destinations. Yes. Um, but I don't want to disappoint you, listeners. So uh, we'll be somewhere <laughs> in a fortnight. We will see you then. Where to Go was produced by the team at DK Witness and the wonderful Julia Baker. It was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recording. For more information about DK Eyewitness, follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And don't forget to please like, rate, review and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. Your support means so much to us. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.